0: Speaking of trapped, Hilda and Zelda are stuck in the tent, so they try and head to the kitchen to get a knife. And to do that, they try and leap around the living room inside this tent. And damn, boys, that was funny. But then the door goes, doesn't it? Yeah. So you've got a tent
1: trying to answer the door. (laughs) My God, this is funny. (laughs) It's impossible... I think through uh, audio to do justice, how funny it is. I don't know whether Beth Broderick and Caroline Ray were inside the tent. I don't know how they got the tent to
0: jump around, but my God, it was funny. It was very, very funny. And it's weird though, because it's something that I'm surprised the first time I'm seeing it is in a 20-year-old Sabrina episode. Like,
1: yes. I mean, yeah. That's true, actually. I in mean, the
0: times that we've been to festivals, I've not seen someone try and do it.
1: No, and it's I've not, not seen it used to Comic Effect before either.
0: But again, it, it's like as you say, Graham. it's the idea of the fact that the doorbell goes and they're like, you know what, we're going to jump around as a tent and answer the door as a tent. And then knowing that the man who did the answer the door to would not find the tent funny. So.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, it's like the tent is a living entity. Tentity. Tent.
2: It is a tentity.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it's tentity. And also that it's it's very kind of anxious as <laughs> a living, very anxious. Oh God, the door's going <laughs> oh, I need to ask you, put up a tent! Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three nervous, narcissistic nincompoops review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Wow, loving life. Uh, The main reason I'm loving life is because me, Phil Dean, your host and guide to this wonderful journey, has been reunited with his two bestest friends however we are still abiding by social distancing rules and we're still not touching hugging or even kissing each other as we used to when we last saw each other uh those friends i'm talking of is first of all mr graham riley hello graham hello phil how are you my friend i can actually see you yeah
1: um yeah uh, we've been recording remotely for uh the last how many episodes four or five at least at yeah, least um so several months anyway um and uh only Phil has had a working webcam so mm. we've had to endure his visage whilst he has not been able to see us uh, as as you know we don't really get along outside of a podcasting context so um you know so yeah we've not, we've not been seeing anything of each other at all until now it's great to be back here it's great to be doing what I was put on this planet for which is to stare at you while I
0: make Dance, so. Excellent, excellent. I'm glad to hear that. And the other person that I'm hopefully going to hear something as wonderful as that is our other greatest friend, not just the best, the greatest, is Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. No, I am in the room. Yeah, I, oh,
1: I was, yeah, I, yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. We've got a bit of a delay on <laughs> on, on, on Chris. Yeah, he, we, we 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 thought we thought it was the reception. It's actually him. He's just gotten a
0: bit, <laughs> just gotten a bit, you know. <laughs> Got you yes. So it wasn't just your lack of internet connection. It's just even yeah.
2: So there's no lack of internet connection.
0: So even, so
1: he, even he, just... he, he has lost. Con- I, he has I am lost in connection room. with 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 reality <laughs> during a
2: lockdown. It's happened to quite a few people. Reality is not the only thing I've lost connection. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm all right. Hello, Phil. Hello, Graham. How are we all? Yeah.
0: Turning you down slightly. So, oh, screw you! Tell so- me,
2: you know, earlier when you said we're not hugging or kissing, you didn't say anything about licking. Is that still on the cards,
0: or no? Yeah. He's, t-
1: he's
2: turning you down. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Volume and sexually. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> licking doesn't have to be sexual. It, it can be it nourishing. You do
1: it doesn't. It. If if so, I've got to reevaluate my relationship with dogs. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey man, dogs lick their own ass. If that's that's not sexual,
0: yeah, that's cleanliness. And those asses aren't going to lick themselves. So, boys, it is wonderful to to be back in the room. As I said, Graham is staring at me, which is wonderful. I'm staring at you both, again, which is just
2: delightful. Which
0: is really easy for Phil with his lazy eye. It certainly is, yeah. You know, I can just stare in one direction and see you both, and behind me. Yeah. We don't call him Boss because he's the host of the podcast. It's because of his eyes. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yes, we are obviously giddy. We've had, we've had a couple of beers, but again, we've still been um you know keeping our distance because you know we still don't want to breathe on each other and we've been chatting and we're um, all still gross yeah well. we are still so, gross yeah. we are still in the middle of a pandemic but you know what we're, it's things have been relaxed a little bit and we're still we're not taking the piss we're still we are actually two meters apart from each other because i've got thankfully a nice nicely spaced uh living room but yeah it's just we thought let's just get the nice um flow of the podcast back together and just have a little go of recording in the same room so it is wonderful and i must say chaps what an episode to reunite together for. This was action-packed. It was so action-packed, it was very difficult to put the lid on it. Uh, this is episode 10, entitled Ice Station uh, Sabrina. In this episode, um, Sabrina and Harvey, and Brad, unfortunately, try to go on a romantic ski weekend. But um, things take a little, um, little turn for the worse, and it turns into some real Jerry Anderson shit later on.
1: Oh, it certainly does. Um, yeah, this episode... A lot of action, which we're not used to. A lot of laughs, which, to be honest, at this stage, we've kind of grown not too used to that either. I laughed in this episode, I think, more than I have in quite some time.
0: Apart from Nick McKay's um awful impression Yes, last but that episode.
1: wasn't that wasn't okay, on his part. Um but yes, uh yeah, some Jerry Anderson shit, some good laughs, some very I don't know realisations of certain elements of the lore of the show which I wasn't pleased with which we'll get to but all in all an episode which I enjoyed a lot which I enjoyed both times I watched it both when we
0: tried to do this remotely and uh, when we decided to uh, reunite. Chris obviously you're always not impressed by these episodes that we watch particularly in this season you know there's not enough peril there's not enough laughter not enough magic or not enough progression one of those. Um, How did you find this episode before we really sort of jump into it to say a back to good form
2: well uh to be perfectly honest with you i i enjoyed it more the second time round watching it uh with you two mainly because of my sunburn and the me imagining myself lying on the snow oh <laughs>
0: yeah you got sunburn on an overcast day didn't you christopher yes i did <laughs> we're, 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 welcome to the pasty me. <laughs> oh but yeah it was it was nice yeah full of uh full of snow full of f- uh, thrills, full of spills and full of tents jumping around which we will um, discuss later on but,
2: but again, it, a few moments of it and just the general so it, it, parts of it moved quite slowly while other parts that are that have been sort of breadcrumbs throughout the season it, it took leaps and bounds mm. and, and there wasn't enough of a build up to it it's again those forgotten
0: elements the Mrs. Quick, if you will, yeah. Um, but as long as we can all ag- agree, anything that was added into this episode, it can't be any worse than magic glue. But, I don't know, there there were things, there were things,
1: and uh, we'll get
0: to them. We will get them eventually, but we might as well crack on, otherwise we ain't going to bloody get to them, are we? Uh, This episode opens on Sabrina in a wonderful mood, as Harvey has promised her a romantic getaway. A Brad Free romantic getaway at that. Sabrina is then very excited for a weekend with her boyfriend, and no... Sorry, um, it says here witch hunter? Um, it's the first I've heard of it, so maybe we'll find out what uh, being a witch hunter um, actually mm-hmm. means. Um, Salem demands to watch cowboy movies in Sabrina's bedroom while she's away, so she magics him into a pink dressing gown as he watches manly men Doing things with even manlier men. It was it very uh, Liberace esque. Yes, was it very was. Much yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And one thing I noted was: Do you remember? I think it might have been back in season one. I accidentally found out on the Sabrina wiki that Salem uh, is apparently bisexual. Do you remember yes. that? Was this is this maybe sort of the first little glimpse that there is more than his eccentric sort of campside? Because he enjoys cowboy films, no, Or it, it, Because he's dressed like Liberace. No, I think it was more just his say is. Um, his emphasis on manly men with manlier men, and I think it was just but his, then, I don't his know. kind of more appreciation for the manly man. I mean I mean it shows
1: how sort of how much kind of bullshit kind of sexuality, oh you know, I, I, I'm not all yeah. allowed for gay stuff is, but you know, like there are a lot of of men who would definitely describe themselves as heterosexual who love Westerns because that's when men were men, and their idea of the ultimate man is somebody like John Wayne. A they? racist. Is Their the idea of an ultimate man is a racist called Marion.
2: Uh, so, uh, yeah. Well, you've just got to look at uh, Willard Craft. Exactly. So oh, that, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, massive fan of
0: the Western. Yeah. That he is. Because and, that's and, when men were men. Yeah, and they rode horses and stopped them turning into dog food. Yes. Or glue. Or glue. Yep. And it
2: played absolute havoc on their knackers.
0: Yeah, it certainly did. What, the glue? <laughs> no, the saddles. Oh, I mean, the glue would be, would be oh, awful that? on that. knackers. Oh, their God, yeah. But yes, so obviously we've got... So this is Salem, what he wants to do. He wants to just chill watching movies. While, uh, yes, Sabrina is looking forward to a Bradfree trip with Harvey, a romantic getaway in a cabin. Uh, we get the titles are rolling. And as we like to do in this season, because we mourn the loss of the mirror gag, we write one ourselves. But the idea is that we have to try and make them as naff as they were in the first place, which for someone like me is incredibly easy to do. <laughs> um, so imagine, boys, because it's my go. This me, you know, So so yeah. imagine, imagine. Full on snowsuit. Wait, wait. What's
1: a snowsuit? Is she dressed as snow?
2: No, she's. Or is she dressed in like um like a, a, a an army snowsuit, no, like, like a like... sniper? Is like, it is it like
1: like like is Luke... she Luke and Han on Hoth? Is, is she... it that kind of <laughs> is she
0: dressed as Jack Frost? She's dressed as Michael Keaton in the film Jack Frost. Jack Frost.
2: So a snowman. Snowman. And
0: no, she... no. She's dressed in you know like. Really padded shell suit kind of thing, you know. She's oh, skiing gear, skiing gear. Yes, yeah. So sort yeah. of like what, what Zelda was wearing in uh, when yes. she was on Mars. So She's dressed in that sort of full-on skiing gear. So skiing, not a snowsuit, skiing oh, gear. Sorry, skiing a gear. Full, a full-on ski suit, ski suit, ski, that's ski suit. That works. So she's wearing it. She's got the gear on. She's got goggles on. She's got the skis. She wobbles. She's about to fall over, and she goes, "Whoa, skeezy!" Does it? I mean, in American well,
1: f- English, skeezy does mean uh-huh, a bit dodgy
2: as yeah. well. Oh, right. So yeah, probably wouldn't float. We get it. We get it. Yeah, we get it. But yeah, still. Uh, but I, still I, quite I understand cool. Phil
1: that it wasn't your only um, submission for this week.
0: No, I thought this one was better than my last one, which was um, she's dressed as a snowman in a nice. snowsuit, nice with a sombrero, mm-hmm. and she says "Snowy Jose." <laughs> i mean
2: that's dreadful but um i think that's racist on two counts it's, it's
1: just what, racist against snowmen and mexicans <laughs> yes um quite possibly um yeah uh it, I, it they were both awful yeah but the second one was awful in a way that nonetheless makes you laugh. Okay. Because of because of the absurdity factor. A bit like her being dressed as a tank oh, that <laughs> Chris yeah. gave to in us in the last um, episode. Couple,
0: yes. So uh, we're in the coffee shop. Remember, boys, what's it called? Beans. <laughs>
1: be- Hello, welcome to Beans. No, it's be- be- Beansy does
0: it. <laughs> no, it's Bean there, brewed that. Right, okay. Yeah, Beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, after Beans. Okay, so we're in Beans and in walks Harvey <laughs> and a suspicious Brad act as in if he's not been suspicious for the last eight episodes. Harvey reassures her that the romantic skiing weekend, he's now sprung upon her, is all planned and it's good for just the two of them and Mr. and Mrs. Kinkle uh, so they can kill the roaches in the lodge before they move in. Brad is just lending them the skis. He's not coming. Yeah. He's giving them the yeah, skis. Yeah, That's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. Did. Sure
1: briefly get excited when they mentioned Mr. and Mrs. Kinkle.
0: Mm. Mm. So we're gonna see Dick in this episode. No, no. Di- no Dick Kinkle. We have seen we've seen Mrs. Kinkle, haven't we? Have we? Yeah we we've seen pregnant Mrs. Kinkle. Yes. We ain't seen Dick. Yes Kinkle. we have because she had the kittens. Oh my god, yes yeah, she
2: did. Yeah she was having kittens. She did. She yeah. was literally she having kittens. She <laughs> yeah. was literally having kittens.
0: <laughs> That's it. Wow. That was only last season. Uh, meanwhile, another barista drops a coffee, and Sabrina magics it back into the customer's hand, which sends Brad into a confused, accusational rage. Again, where has this been during every ounce of magic that Sabrina's ever done round him?
1: Never mind that. Never mind that. Um, this isn't the best example, so we'll, we'll 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 get to it a bit later.
2: Yeah, on. we'll 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 cover this. Can I also just uh, the extra playing the coffee receiver mm-hmm. a fantastic job on delivering his line
0: wow bouncy floorboards yes excellent amazing Delivery. yeah but he earned his ten dollars good lad uh back home and harvey comes to collect sabrina and place them both into brad's car as he's now going to drive them to the mountains because harvey's are seemingly broken down uh, but he's got to get back because he's got a hot date with susan McCormack. And if he leaves now, he can have a 20-minute date with Susan McCormack. Mm.
2: Susie McCormack. Susie, Susie sorry. sorry. Susan sorry, to her Susie. parents,
0: Susie to her friends. Yes. Yeah. Didn't realise you two were close, Graham. I do apologize. Oh, we were, we were, yeah. Yeah. Sabrina runs upstairs to consult with Aunt Hilda and Zelda about being trapped with Brad for a whole two-hour car journey. I don't know where geographically the, um, Westbridge is, but it's two hours away from the mountains.
1: That figure's actually two Massachusetts is kind of on the coast mostly okay and i guess the mountains are going to a kind of towards the canadian border like upstate new york yeah that that,
0: that tracks okay it's because i'm not a geography consultant but graham is so that's why i just wanted to yep back. e on my um year 12 uh my as level
1: geography so e for excellent is that right that that's right that's how the marking works over here uh
0: non non-uk listeners e so, for excellent a for awful yeah that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. b for bastard C. <laughs> why would you just get from. The what score you got? You got a bastard score. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was a bastard score. Yeah, okay. Awful bastard. Uh, C was content. Uh, D was delicious. Yeah. E was excellent. Yeah.
0: And F was fan dabby dozy. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Well, there we go. Now you know how our uh, well, education works and why we're so clever. Um, so, uh, yeah, so she's worried about being trapped with Brad for a whole two hour car journey because she's obviously terrified about, um, turning into a mouse because that's what happens if a witch hunter accuses you of being a witch.
2: Oh yes. That lesson that we learned many, many episodes ago that has had no
0: purpose until this moment. Yeah. Episode two, I think uh, this yeah. season it was brought up. But was, was the mouse thing brought up?
1: Yes. So because the-
0: remember they thought Dreamer had turned into a mouse. But really, it was a mouse that Brad was carrying that he was going to give it a tumour.
1: But Oh, yeah, that's right. But that's
0: new for this season. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah.
1: if outing yourself as a witch would turn you into a mouse, that would be one of the
0: first things you were taught when you became a witch, <laughs> surely. Yeah, it's just for witch hunters, though. For witch hunter, out you as a witch. You turn into you a turn mouse. into a mouse, yeah. Nonetheless, you'd
2: tell somebody that straight up.
0: I Immediately, think, when you became a yeah. Witch, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's like, be, be, be aware... There are things called witch hunters, and if they say you're a witch, you will turn into a mouse. Which, during the Salem witch trials, um, many, many women were accused of being a witch by um, a witch hunter. Because they would have identified themselves as a witch hunter, and that is consequently how I'm assuming the witch hunter gene is passed. I could be mistaken. Um, at no point does anyone mention anyone... Turning into a mouse after being accused of being a witch. And in fact, we had images in a previous season of Hilda and Zelda being lowered down into a well after being accused of being witches. Yes, we did. Mm -hmm. So,
1: the Salem Witch Trials are, to some degree, canon in Sabrina. Yeah, it's too late to introduce something like this. And to be honest, it's a bit weedy. Yeah, And also... It's not the same thing, but in terms of witches and people being turned into mice, did remind me of Roald Dahls the Witches. Oh, God, Anything yes. that causes me to be reminded of Roald Dahls the Witches, specifically the film version.
2: Why a mouse, then? Why not a newt or because a worm? If
0: you remember from the stock footage that they use a few times, it's is quite funny, an eagle comes and um, grabs the mouse. Yeah, but you could quite easily
2: just have a chaffinch come and get a worm. That you could, and that would be not funnier, as,
0: not as wonderful to film though. Just a worm and a chaffinch. But I guess, you, I guess, you I guess, tell I guess, that to
2: the worm and the chaffinch, they'd be made up. There's not much work out there for worm and chaffinch actors. It would have been good. <laughs> it would have been good representation. <laughs> it it would have been be. great. There's so much work for mice and uh, vultures or eagles or birds of prey. They're they're everywhere, but chaffinches, man,
0: nowhere. We actually. need more. We need more representation for POC people of chaffinch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she's terrified. So Sabrina is terrified of being surrounded by Brad because of his witch hunting gene, you know, because because it's not really not been a problem lately. Zelda says that atmospheric conditions are what really determine his senses. So this Bullshit. is Sorry. this is why it's been Excuse dormant me. for a while. This is why it's been dormant for a while. Um it's apparently all to do with the pressure in the air, pollen count, and the atmospheric influence of the asteroid belt. And because they all seem pretty pretty nice and dandy, his genes are going to be dormant for the next 72 hours or so. It's just it's just not been tingling. It's witch hunting genes haven't been tingling. The weather's all. just been on their side. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's been okay. it's been been pretty to, nice. To, to be your, honest... your
2: your genetic makeup is not influenced by nature on a day-to-day basis.
1: But I mean, obviously there's no such thing as being genetically a witch hunter, so you can allow them some license and I will say We've seen so little of Brad. It could well have been on the like, two or three times we've seen him. The weather wasn't quite right that day. Um, but there are things about how being a witch hunter manifests itself,
0: which are quite
1: uh, disappointing, which we'll get to.
0: We will get to them. Don't, don't you worry. So, yeah, so she's going to be fine for roughly the next 72 hours. Of course, unless something catastrophic and unexpected happens in the meantime. Hilda suggests taking Salem with her as a safety precaution for his witchy wisdom and oversensitivity to atmospheric changes being a pussycat.
1: There is a brief moment where Salem is being put in Sabrina's bag. And he's a real cat. It's a real cat. It's <laughs> a real Salem. cat. And Beth Broderick gives such a genuinely affectionate tickle to his head. And it's absolutely lovely.
0: I wish I was that pussycat head. Yeah, and
1: yeah, and we've got, as Chris pointed out while we were watching, like We've had so little real cat, I think, in this season, because Salem's been so static. But well, we Salem
0: in general, very little Salem. Well, very little
1: Salem in general, which means when we do see him, he's literally just sat around the front room, uh, not moving. So I think, yeah, it's we've not seen too much real cat for a while. So
0: Yeah, and what a perilous um, filming condition this real cat gets placed in uh, know, later yeah. in this episode. Oh my God, but, yeah. Yeah. It's,
2: it's that moment, you haven't had a real cat for ages, and now you're going to do something somewhat perilous. You're going to get a real cat, and put it in danger when you've had a puppet there this entire time. You inconsiderate ourselves. Yes.
1: We we are very considerate of Salem's arsehole.
0: We we are, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the other one that we really care about. Sabrina leaves, and Zelda is left thinking about Brad's witch hunting, particularly if Jupiter, Saturn, and Neptune were to align and strip them away from the magic. What? Just... what? I've no idea,
1: first of all. This whole thing is Hokum. I say Hokum. Hokum Pokem. What disappoints me most though, she uses fruits, doesn't she? To yes. um
2: represent oh, this? completely miss sized fruits.
0: Yes, the largest fruit she uses is for Neptune. <laughs> and she mentions Jupiter earlier. No. That's it. But things are that's not the issue. The issue is apparently there's this big thing because obviously we forget that witches live in space, as you remember, back in season one. Um, but yeah, apparently if all those um you know planets align, that's it space takes their magical powers away.
1: But she says it happens once every thousand years. Yeah. yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, but, I millennia. mean for... still,
0: still pretty common,
1: especially if you're a witch, which, as we know, live hundreds of years. The odds of that happening during your lifetime are quite high.
2: <laughs> so it's like the equivalent of uh, something in uh, mortal years happening once every hundred. Well... Like this... a pandemic. This, Yeah,
1: this yeah, listen... is... <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, you hit hit the nail on the head there, Chris, because it did make me think of the fact that yeah, people being like, "Well, there's a pandemic once so every hundred years," and it's like, "Yeah, but I'm not going to live a hundred years." It's yeah, it's yeah, but the odds are that it will happen during your lifetime. It's more likely to happen during your lifetime than it's not. Mm. And it's the same with this. If witches live like six hundred years, it probably is going to happen yeah. while you're around.
0: So because of that, Hilda and Zelda decide to get ready for natural disasters and apocalypses. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. apocalypse Eye. But, yeah, Apocalypse well, no, Eye. Well, you
2: can't have Apocalypse Eye. If there's Apoca- an apocalypse, there's only one. Yeah, so it's seas.
0: Okay, so, uh, so they decide to get ready for natural disasters and, and seas in case they aren't able to stop them with their magic. And yeah, it kind of, it's a subplot that didn't really go anywhere apart from it leads to a hilarious scene, which we'll get to uh, very shortly. Mm. Sabrina, meanwhile, sits in an awkwardly silenced car heading to the mountains and uses magic to fix the car radio, with minor approval from Salem. So, obviously, Salem's job is just to make a noise to, to make sure whether the atmospheric pressure is fine, so Sabrina can use magic. Yeah, I don't understand why Salem's attuned to it, but, okay. Well, it's because it's it's he's, he's a cat, and they are overly sensitive to change.
2: Yeah, but cows lie down when it's about to rain. It, it it's What you're saying is
0: they should have had a cow in the car with them. Yes! Okay. But yeah, there we go. So, they're all sat in the car and, um, yeah, a, Brad and Harvey say that people, lads don't talk in the car. We talk a lot in the car. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, they don't talk a lot. So she tries to put on uh, the radio. Doesn't work. So she uses her magic to to fix it. And it's all uh, nice. But later, when she insists on the broken heater being fixed, Salem is too asleep to warn her, therefore leading Brad to shout about sparks coming out of uh, Sabrina's finger. And he is terrified. (laughs) Not just suspicious. He is terrified.
2: He is terrified, but it, it got me, that moment got me thinking. Sparks fly out of her finger every single time she does a spell. Brad can't be the first person to have seen that. Mm,
1: ding, ding, and indeed, ding. That is exactly what the bee... In my bonnet was about this episode. Brad's witch hunter intuition is literally noticing she is doing magic.
0: Well, having a sensitive feeling that she's doing it. No, but then... no. Also, it's not, no! seeing it. It's not even that. It's that she has
1: never previously in close quarters like that done magic. If her and two other people, two mortals, were in a car, she would never do magic other than now. So the only reason that Brad is, you know, more onto her than other people are. Is literally because she's doing it in front of him at such close quarters, and he still he's still not like, "Aha, you're a witch," because he doesn't actually know. It's kind of a subconscious thing, isn't it? Mm. It's, yeah, it's literally a genetic thing. He's not actually aware of, so he has no greater awareness, I don't think, than anybody would if you suddenly saw sparks fly out of somebody's fingers and it caused a change in your environment. The whole yeah, the whole witch hunter premise during this.
0: I yeah, I just thought it was complete bullshit. But the thing is what I wasn't sure was, was about whether the you know, the magical sparkles and stuff is for the audience's benefit to see it doing magic. It's just no. so happens me- Brad has got his they live glasses on and he can oh. actually he can actually see that just like we can. Otherwise kind of nothing's happening.
1: You know what stops us knowing this for certain?
0: Harvey. Harvey is so dim witted. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: you could imagine that Spock's going up somebody's his finger, he's just like, oh yeah, oh cool, nice, <laughs> yeah,
0: no electric,
1: yeah. or just just like, oh, what was that?
0: yeah, like yeah, because that's all I thought. I I, I watching that and, and realizing that I just thought it was a case of, yeah, Brad is the only other character that can see things like the audience, where he can see the magic. Otherwise, Sabrina's just doing magic just by wagging a finger and nothing's happening. It just looks like she's. Conducting an orchestra, whereas he and we, as an audience, see the the sparks. But still, yeah, he shits his pants. He's like, "Oh my god, the sparks fired out your finger!" He's not concerned about whether it's magic; it could be actual fire or electrical discharge. Some, oh, well, it's magical discharge for a start. But um, yeah, so he sees that he panics, and yeah, he. he Bloody crashes the car because he's so distracted by all this uh, bloody um, magical sparks. Action scene number one. Yeah, one of many. Uh, The teens are all fine, apart from Brad, who's adamant Sabrina shot some magical discharge out of a finger. Again, a phrase coined by Graham. Let's not forget that. Uh, And when he goes to check out the car, Salem says that an atmospheric shift just so happens to have occurred as his witch hunter gene is now active. So he's kind of like... On, Activate. Like, witch-hunting heat at the moment. He's on the prowl.
2: How often does this atmospheric pressure change?
0: Is it like high pressure and low pressure? Just, it, well, they go on the witching weather channel, which we didn't discuss before, but they, it just says like, everything's fine, okay? So by all these numbers, witch-hunting genes are dormant. It's yeah, fine. but they
2: also uh, spoke about pollen count. They're, they're,
0: they're up in the mountains. There's... Maybe, maybe witch-hunters are more active in... Spring and summer, maybe.
2: No, the pollen or count,
0: Spain. <laughs> yeah, the pollen count,
1: <laughs> the pollen count thing. I think is unrelated. It's just that it is the witch weather channel. It's not just telling you about witch hunters. It. Yeah. telling witches can have hay fever. Is all that they're saying there. Um, but going back to what you were saying about you know possibly Brad is Brad can see these things mm-hmm. and you know regular mortals can't. I feel like they'd have to explain that for it to be
0: plausible. I
1: yeah, feel like they would have to say that for me not to be completely dumbfounded and just feeling like they've not thought this through. I think
0: if at the end of this episode, you saw a shot kind of like over Harvey's finger, uh, up, off his finger, <laughs> over, har- over Harvey's shoulder or through Yeah, Harvey's Harvey eyes. POV shot. Yeah, and yeah. he just sees Sabrina just waving a finger and nothing coming out well, of it. Well,
1: what what would it should have been is,
0: you know, just,
1: Spar- you know, Brad saying, Sparks came out of a finger and Harvey being like, I didn't see any Sparks. You know, just repeatedly doing yeah. that, like, to make it clear that Harvey is not seeing it. Maybe have another mortal there as well, you know.
0: And, Again, uh, as you say, it doesn't help that Harvey is so... Harvey's so dimwitted, dim-witted and she's
1: pulled the wool over his eyes, and obviously there's a very funny joke related ah, yes. to that
0: at the end of this episode.
1: But she's pulled the wool over his eyes so many times that you can't discount him just being so oblivious that he there are sparks shooting out of her fingers for all to see and he still doesn't <laughs>
0: notice <laughs> Se- sees no ball uh, back in the mountains sabrina Harvey, and brad are gradually freezing to death and getting lost in the wilderness until they find a, uh, a fire tower or you know ranger outpo- outpost outpost uh, to rest in because it'll surely be safe even when those howling wolves uh, the lads knock a sign into view and it says condemned unsafe bomb bomb bom. Mm. fucking crumbs uh, they climb up and it's been destroyed. Brad forgets he's afraid of heights and tries to climb down. Well, he tries to throw himself down. Uh, but in the meantime, he breaks the ladder and they're all now trapped in this death trap. How does one forget they're afraid of heights?
2: If you've got a fear, and so you almost subconsciously live
1: life avoiding that fear, you might forget you have it. You might forget that that's why you
2: avoid such situations. So, hypothetically speaking, say I was afraid of three-legged stools. Oh, I mean, you say hypothetically. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I still. I'm nearly thirty. I've, I've never found something that I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of three-legged men. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How are we friends? <laughs> 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 you forgot. You forgot. Three-legged were... <laughs> <laughs> um, men like Rolf
1: Harris when he does Jake the Peg. Yeah, I think, yeah. He's worth being afraid of. <laughs> um, oh, and
2: he sticks that
0: didgeridoo between his legs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rolf redacted. That's <laughs> cool.
1: yeah. two little boys. Oh, oh. Christ. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher's favorite song, by the way.
0: That's. Uh, that's she that. was awful.
1: She was awful. Oh, yeah. You should have
0: known. Yeah. Uh, speaking of trapped. Hilda and Zelda. Thatcher. (laughs) Trapped now. In hell, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He's a bitch. (sighs) Speaking of trapped, Hilda and Zelda are stuck in the tent, so they try and head to the kitchen to get a knife. And to do that, they try and leap around the living room inside this tent. And damn, boys, that was funny.
1: But then the door goes, doesn't it? Yeah. So you've got a tent trying to answer the door. My God, this is funny. It's <laughs> like, impossible, I think, through uh, audio to do justice how funny it is. I don't know whether Beth Broderick and Caroline Ray were inside the tent. I don't know how they got the tent to jump around.
0: But my God, it was funny. It was very, very funny. And it's weird, though, because it's something that I'm surprised the first time I'm seeing it is in a 20-year-old Sabrina episode.
1: Like, yes, I mean, yeah.
0: That's true, actually. I in mean... the times we've been to festivals, I've not seen someone try and do
1: it. No, and it's... I. Not, not seen it used to comic effect before either.
0: But again, it, it's like as you said, Graham. it's the idea of the fact that the doorbell goes and they're like, you know what? We're going to jump around as a tent and answer the door as a tent. And then knowing that the man who did the answer the door to would not find the tent funny. So. <laughs> and
1: that, yeah, it's like the tent is a living entity. Tentity. Tent. <laughs> it is a tentity. Yeah, like it's tentity. And also that it's it's very kind of, as well. It's a living, very anxious. Oh God, the door's going! Oh, I need to actually put up a tent. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. (laughs)
2: It's it's almost reminiscent of the uh, the living furniture. It is, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a little bit like that,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. But yeah, it is a very, very funny scene, and yeah, it's it's by far the funniest thing this episode. Um, I tell you who's not having a laugh, that's Brad's dad, Mr. Alcero, uh, as he rocks up to warn them about Brad, Harvey and Sabrina not making it to the cabin. Uh, he's stern, tough, uh, he's got a chiselled face and he's clearly got some history in the war, much like his son. So who is Mr. Uh, Alcero?
1: Well, Mr. Alcero is uh, Tim Thomason, a stand-up comedian and 80s um, low-budget action star. He uh, he looks it. Yeah, yeah
0: I can definitely see
1: that. From the uh, time cop knockoff uh, Trancers uh, film series. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, he played played the lead role in that as well. Yeah, and he is also a stand up comedian. Um, started off kind of in the same scene as uh, people who went on to become very famous, like Jay Leno and uh, David Letterman, it was kind of like that that era of um LA stand up. Um, yeah, he's he's very very funny. Um, yeah, sort of, yeah.
0: This guy's line delivery is perfect. Yeah, and, yes. and, and we were saying while we were watching this as well, his um. Yeah, his portrayal of this character and his line delivery makes you realise how well-scripted this episode is. Yeah, uh, yeah. shout out to uh, Sheldon Bull,
1: long-standing writer on Sabrina, at least in season two, possibly season one, Mm -hmm. uh, wrote this episode. It is a very, very good script. Yes. And it's very, very... You can tell it's from... No disrespect to the writers who've come on board in the season since, but you can tell it's somebody who... Is a survivor from the show's kind of glory years. Yeah. Yeah. Season one and two. Yeah. um, And yeah, but yeah, I think Tim Thomason's delivery is, it's just so, I mean, obviously he's used to, I guess, playing it serious in something that's obviously terrible, like trances. (laughs) So yeah, just, just, yeah, just how kind of like, yeah, he's a, he's a nam veteran, isn't he, Mr. El Cero? And, um, a survivalist, as well, we to yeah. learn.
0: And yeah, take... it's that He comes in as if he's come into, you know, one of these, um, you know, budget movies and stuff because he's walking around going, I've heard some strange things are going on in this house. Yeah, he is perfect for this. And yes, his, um, the
1: I've heard some strange things go on in this house, to which Hilda responds,
0: No, strange people say that things go on in this house. Go on this house. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's just great. He's just um I've heard back there's uh, no nowhere from the police, so uh no death count. <laughs> That's yep. a again, just says Yeah,
1: yay. <laughs> he is yeah, he is perfect. The way that it, particularly Hilda, but Zelda as well interact with him is perfect. He was such a wonderful addition to this episode. Yeah.
0: Um I'll have some coffee. None of that, you know sissy crap or whatever just just yeah. uh, you know and his
1: his best line is, is still to come
0: yeah but it's just very it's very very good like he, i said he's just this serious person who also really understands comedy yeah. and yeah he he's a brilliant casting for someone who yeah. is just yeah
1: like stand-up comedian turned low-budget action star is the perfect person to cast in that, <laughs> that role. I guess. But yes, yeah, I, I
2: think I think a stand-up comedian is the perfect person to cast in low-budget. Yeah, action. No, definitely, definitely, yeah, no, definitely, yeah, because they know how ridiculous it is. <laughs>
0: yeah. but yeah, you. I mean, when you're on the set of something like Trances, you've got to have a sense of humor. Oh, definitely. But, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. yeah it, it just makes me think that Jean-Claude Van Damme must be absolutely hilarious. Oh, he's, he's, very, he's he is very funny. He, I mean, you know, you've seen his calls adverts, you've seen his sitcom, he is funny. Like,
0: so, yeah, Mr. Alcera asks Oh, we've got to say, by the way,
1: yeah, the the role of the lead character in the Trances films that uh, Mr. Thomason plays is Jack Death. <laughs>
0: Jack Death? I've completely <laughs> forgot about Jack Death. Yes. <laughs> Jack Death. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. S- sibling Jill Death. <laughs> yeah, Jack and Jill Death. Jack Death asks if he can stay and await some news, particularly considering a lot of people say weird things about this house. So Hilda and Zelda suspect he's got the witch hunting gene uh, because he's being all suspicious and that. So they realize we can't use magic around and we've got to do things the mortal way, which sucks, obviously, as they say. Back in the outpost, and the teens cry for help uh, go unanswered, so they prepare to freeze and starve to death. And considering that uh, Sabrina fixed Brad's car speaker and heater, Harvey asked Sabrina to fix the outpost radio to call for help. Harvey and
1: Sabrina have, like, a bit of a, like,
0: very... A few times, yeah. Very...
1: I mean, we've seen, obviously, Harvey getting very upset with Sabrina because of the whole uh, Josh situation. But I don't know, it's, it's the most kind of naturalistic, just kind of like couples bickering because they've mm. ended up in, you know, they've made a plan for a nice weekend and it's gone sour sort of situation. It's the most kind of natural, just kind of sort of sniping at each other. Well, this
0: is your idea, kind of. Um, yeah, I'm not saying whose fault it was, yeah. but it's yours. That's yeah. the thing. And yeah, it's, it's a couple of times you have this little lover's it, it, spat.
1: It, it, it was, I don't know, it was kind of
0: good to see.
1: It kind of oh, yeah. made their relationship feel more real.
0: Mr. Alcera, meanwhile, calls Dick Kinkle and decides to drive up to the mountains to find them. Hilda elder decide to join him as they can't magic themselves there in case they materialize next to Brad and they turn into mice. So, again, nice being conscious of the whole witch hunting thing. Again, it's just a shame. It's uh, happened episode 10 and the last time was episode And two. the premise of it potentially
1: is quite hokey.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. As, as we have discussed, yeah. Um. Sabrina, not resorting to magic, resorts to violence instead by whacking the radio with the screwdriver to make it work. It then goes a little bit of American Pie um, Two, where Sabrina gets hold of a child on a toy radio. Yeah, it would be um, with let's... with sit con- with a hundred percent less lesbians in it. Yes, again, bad representation. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, American Pie Two,
0: very progressive film. Lesbian representation <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. uh So, yeah, so she uh, decides to, uh, she gets hold of a child, and obviously not physically, but, you know, over the radio. She ends up speaking at a volume a bit higher than this child wants, and um, this... I was going to say the kid hangs up on the radio. a kind of does. Um, and, tunes out. Yeah, she tunes out. She whacks the, uh, the radio, and uh, that's it. It's uh, The radio's broken again. and uh, So Sabrina ends up damaging the radio in the process, and it looks like they're going to die still. Speaking of dying... Hilda and Zelda are dying to get away from Mr. Alcera because he's a doomsday prepper and a bit of just an all-round rude bastard. Um, He says he's got enough tinnies to last him months or whatever in in his truck. He also has toilet paper that he doesn't want to break into. And um, Yes, this is what you were saying, Graham. He's he's a bit of a a doomsday prepper. Just a very, very serious man. But they were prepping for for which doomsday?
2: That's true. Uh,
1: by um, camping out in the tent, so they're ones yeah. to talk. No,
2: The dude has four months' supply of things in a truck. We live in a world where,
1: at the announcement of a pandemic, people went and bought copious amounts of toilet paper. This cloud of disease roaming the streets where it will not be safe to go outside at all. And you wouldn't even be able to get to shops. That's what people were thinking. Oh, it, turns out
2: we're, it turns out we're all doomsday preppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're
0: all it doomsday preppers when doomsday is nigh upon us. We're back in the outpost and Harvey and Sabrina have an argument about whose fault it is. Like I think for the second time I think they do this. Um, but they're quickly, uh, their uh, anger quickly turns into apologies when their tower begins to shake. And this one it gets proper... Jerry Andersony, very sort of like model tower. Yes, shaking. There is
1: there is miniature work going on here. Yeah. I don't know if Derek Meddings was involved, but this was fantastic. <laughs> it was. This was especially when, especially when the tower ultimately, spoiler alert, collapses. My God, yes, I love, I love miniature work. I think, you know, I hate CGI, good or bad. Whenever you can tell it's CGI, it ruins it for me. I would much rather miniature work even if you can tell it's miniature work mm. yeah I, I love
0: this that just reminds me of what chris's mum said uh, yeah I, uh, yeah yeah for sure when we all met up for the first time uh, the other month um seeing each other she said to me she was like I bet it was nice to see each other in person not over not over cgi <laughs> <laughs> that's mum's for you uh, talking about video calling Oh, really yeah, cool. oh, I yeah. mean, you, your mother, of course, did call this podcast a blog. She went, "Are so... you recording your blog tonight?" Yes, yes, yes I am, mother. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so yeah, some model work. Some re- it's weird because you know it's a model, but it proper looks perilous because it's shaking. It's you feel like you're involved in the scene, um, and it gets quite claustrophobic because everything is crashing to the ground and falling over. It is generally, I think, the most exciting thing since that time where we threw the set at a stationary train. Yes. Oh God and it's weird I don't know about you because it felt really out of place and a good out of place but really like I'm not used to this level of catastrophe I think with Sabrina you 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 think about it and this is what
1: I always think about when I watch you know the old Jerry Anderson shows from the 60s they would have had to have constructed that tower a miniature tower and a snow scene to do that that's quite a lot of effort for something that lasts what? In total 10 seconds that's commitment
2: and not only that but i'm gonna hazard a guess that they had to make multiple of them potentially of the tower one snow scene but multiple towers essentially if, if the first
1: take doesn't work that tower's broken so you're gonna have to rebuild the existing one or have another ready to go
0: that's what makes this scene in this episode um so exciting because it just looks a lot more real, even yeah. though it's made of plastic like, yeah. or, or wood. Whatever. It just looks so, so, um, so good. So, so good.
1: It's like the end of... Uh, you've seen Bridge on the River Kwai? Uh, yes. sure? No, I've not. Uh, yeah, the, the end of Bridge on the River is entirely done with miniatures. And you can see it's a model train, but it's still better than if it was a CGI train. In both cases, you'd
0: know that didn't really happen. But I'd rather know it was a real thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so what I'm saying is, is in, um, is it Justice League? If Henry Cavill had had a plastic mustache, it would have looked better.
1: If he had a plaster over his mustache, it would have been better <laughs> than DJI'd looked... it out. Yeah, yes. Yes. exactly. Yes.
0: Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So yeah. So this gets really exciting as the tower begins to uh, shake, rattle, and roll, and suddenly the budget for this show is dramatically increased. Um. Because genuine peril, much to Chris's delight, I'm sure. Uh, is afoot. Sabrina finally decides to use some magic as she wants to rescue her friends and she doesn't care what happens to her. So we'll get onto this at the progression, but I side, really decide that she doesn't matter if I turn into a mouse, I need to save my boyfriend and this dangerous lad that I don't like, but I need to get us all out of here. So she does, she uses some magic uh, and she zaps them out of the tower before it crashes to the ground in... Yeah, we've said it just before. It's such an exciting oh, scene.
2: You've you've missed uh, a, another real cat moment.
0: Uh, there's a lot of cat, real cat moments, yeah. No, she... but
2: th- this one specifically, uh, Sabrina shouts while the tower is wibbly-wobbly. Uh, uh, Salem, don't move. And the cat freezes and Harvey just goes... <gasps> You have a well-trained cat. <laughs> they sure
1: do.
0: Yeah, they are uh, four real trained, like really nice yes, trained as cats, uh, as yeah. you've told us before. Yeah,
1: but yeah, the, the the particularly the collapse of the tower was so Jerry Anderson. Yeah, all it was missing was some explosions, <laughs> a lot of explosions.
0: Yeah, but yeah, this tower falls down. The kids are jumping off something to land on the uh on the snow and oh, man, it is very very exciting uh they crash to the ground and despite making it out alive brad can't believe what he's just seen he tries to process what's happening and dismisses it as a miracle and says it's more like magic it's as if sabrina has got magical powers and things are uh, again i together. love
2: the fact that he goes straight for sabrina having magical powers not 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 the, the fire tower, the cat, the radio, Harvey, Snow, but Sabrina. There was many things that could have magical powers, but no, he chooses
0: Sabrina. Sabrina specifically is magic.
1: Again, if you fell out of a tower from God knows how many feet, completely unscathed.
0: Anybody would be like,
1: "How the hell did that happen?" Yeah. yeah, You Can't blame the guy, can you? Well, you can't blame the guy, but also like the idea that like he has like a unique intuition from being a witchman. To no, know anybody would be like, <laughs> "What the fuck? Why are we fine?" <laughs> you know, like yeah, like, that's
0: that's very very true. Um, yeah, but obviously it's it's uh, we've got to kind of make it into a story, I guess. Uh, meanwhile, in a nice turn of events, it uh, it comes to light that obviously during this whole journey, Hilda and Zelda have been in, in an unpleasant truck with Mister Alcero. He uh, obviously, it's a doomsday. Uh, uh, uh,
1: the truck is perfectly pleasant. Don't bring the truck into oh, so, this. So, so, it's sorry, Mr. Alcera, that's unpleasant.
0: So, sorry, Mr. Alcera said the truck is fine as far as we know. Uh, Mr. Alcera, however, is is unpleasant. Um, Two trucks in this episode, by the way. Representation for trucks. I really, I
1: really <laughs> approved of it.
0: <laughs> Thank you. But still, no
2: representation for the poor chaffinch.
0: No, oh. he, he asks them to put um, like the chains on the on the tires because he's got a. Cracked vertebrae, is he or something like that? And uh, they get caked in mud. He gives them an oily rag to wipe themselves down. And while all this is going on, Zelda's trying to prove to Hilda that being prepared in a mortal sense is much better than just getting out of it in magic and it turns to light it's not. But during this scene, you actually get a bit of progression with Mr. Alciro. He says that, um, he says, you know, you're obviously her aunt. I can, you know, I understand that. I'm Brad's stepfather.
1: So then they put their minds at ease that he is not a witch hunter himself because he's not a blood relative of Brad. Then he says, But I assure you, I am. Something of like I am perfectly capable of
0: fathering a child. Or I
1: cap- I'm
0: perfectly capable of being a biological yes, father. That's yes, that's right. Yes. That's the one. That's and, the one.
2: Oh, I mean, well, it it's quite a
1: racy joke. For kids. What <laughs> a
2: line! <laughs> and I am perfectly capable of being a biological
1: father. I'm perfectly a- capable
0: of putting a baby in you. <laughs> but again,
1: again, the Tim Thomason delivery, and also. Um, Caroline, Ray, and Beth Broderick's reactions are just so perfect. Because he's such like a manly man, I think it really matters to him that he asserts to these women. He's not even hitting on them, it's just that he, he needs to assert to these women, oh, but I can father a child, you know, I don't fire blanks. Without a doubt, what um, all these scenes are is three great comic performers with a good script bouncing off each other really well. Yeah, it's, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed any interaction between... Uh, to Mr. Alcero and Hildur and Zelda.
0: Yeah, very good line, very delivery. You know, the best sort of line and delivery in the uh, in the episode from uh, from Mr. Tim Thomason. And uh, yeah, because they realised that. No, he's not biological. Uh, biologically related anyway to Brad. They can use magic in his presence, so they use magic to cause a full moon to happen, which obviously stops the um, stops the snowstorm, but it probably causes a flood on the other side of the world and, <laughs> <Yeah>. and kills <laughs> numerous people. I I assume uh, and people
2: that weren't going to be turning into a werewolf that evening now are. Yes, yeah, um... So there's a
0: lot of distressed, confused, um, werewolves walking around, going, "It's not my time yet." Um, and yeah, there's probably dead. Um dead uh, people tsunamis yeah
1: Yeah. so it's 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 guam's problem yeah but it's (laughs) fine it's
0: absolutely fine guys because guess what it stopped brad blabbing on sabrina and turning her into a mouse so let's forget about the dead people on the other side of the world everyone's fine um so yeah so just as brad is about to say sabrina spellman you are a full moon happens he forgets what he's saying and harvey sympathizes with him because he's like it happens to me all the time. <laughs> that was that uh, was amazing. Very, very funny. Like So, yeah, that's great
1: continuity humour. Yeah. That's the kind of jokes you should be making in your fourth season.
0: Yeah, and it's something you can expect to line someone like, not just Harvey, but something like Mr. Kraft as well. Mr. Kraft yes. is so used at this point of just being we, done over. We had a Mr. Craft saying to Brad, oh, you know,
1: boy, you know, let me tell you, you know, this happens to me all the time,
0: very early on, when hmm.
1: the, pretty much the last time, which was way back in episode one, I think, when we first had Brad get suspicious about Sabrina. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. But again, very, very good line of just Harvey going, ah, it's fine, you know, yeah. even if she's magic in front of my face, I couldn't tell you, sort of thing. So it's... Uh... And it's,
1: it's one, because Harvey, you know, is kind of easygoing and dimwitted, and also because he loves her as well. I think he doesn't want to... He always doesn't want to ask, it's just like, it's all just all part of what happens when I'm with Sabrina and I love being with her. You it's know, part so. of her
0: charm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that's nice. Yeah, nice little you know, uh, uh, conference fair for Harvey there. Um, the Spellmans are reunited and they fight about whether magic or mortal precautions saved the day. Um, and in real reality, Salem wins as he's magic back home in the warmth with his romance marathon and sassy dressing gown.
2: I I wasn't happy with the fact that uh, they magicked Salem back while everyone up there knew there was a cat. Now there is no cat.
0: I mean, that's a bit of an issue.
2: That's a bit of an issue.
0: You're you're crazy, Brad. We don't know what you're doing. And he kind of just goes away. But Brad, you're the cat. (laughs) You were always the cat. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Uh, well, there we go, boys. That is the end of episode 10, inti- entitled rather uh, Ice Station Sabrina. Unfortunately, there was no uh, zebra involved, as we thought there may have been, um, mm. seeing what it's based on. But still, though, <laughs> despite no zebra... <laughs> there is no
1: zebra in the film Ice Station Zebra, either.
0: Is there not? No. <laughs>
1: right. It's a alternate version of the phonetic alphabet, where Z is... Zebra and not
0: Zulu. Oh, I thought you agreed with me when I said, is it an animated Zebra voiced by Richard Gere? And you guys said yes. And I kind of just took that as gospel. I mean, no, only because that would be delightful, not because yeah. that's what actually that film was about. Okay, so um, so <clears throat> no Zebra in iStation Zebra or iStation Sabrina, but despite that, good episode? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, very, very funny, as we've, as we've said. A uh, few bugbears, but,
1: you know, Tim Thompson was wonderful. I really didn't like, really didn't like, it does have to be said. The way that Brad's switch hunting gene was manifest. we waited a long time for it to be a factor in an
0: episode,
2: and it was not worth the wait. It, I, I, and then you can just turn it off like a
0: light switch. Yeah, having it yeah. weather related because fundamentally it's a weather it's a weather affected um, uh, twitch or you know detection. It should just be if Sabrina uses magic round him, he's suspicious. It shouldn't be based on pollen count or. Um, asteroid belts and things, yeah. Uh.
1: It does explain how witches are able to exist like they do if the only people who can detect them in the mortal world are people who don't really know what's going on and they can even only notice what's going on and even then they can't explain it
0: when the weather is a certain way. It's kind of like us blindly following our government guidelines. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it is. We don't know what's going on. We just, we just follow what people tell us. Yeah. Yeah. And if the weather's nice, it's fine. We don't well, we don't really care. Hey, yeah, uh, there we go. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> remember that lockdown in April? How delightful that was. Um, we had with, great weather in April. All that, with all that April. sun, exactly. Remember
1: coronavirus, remember coronavirus in the spring? Oh, it was a good time. It's still gone now. Though. We went
0: outside a lot and mingled where we shouldn't have done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, oh, despite uh, despite the uh, you know the annoyance of sort of Brad's uh, magical sort of prowess there, um, I think yeah, still very very action packed episode. But. It's all well and good as just saying how good it was. It de- only The numbers are the only things that tell us whether it was a good episode or not. Because at the end of each episode, we review it on a uh, certain sort of base of criteria. They are uh, magic, wit, creativity, and take it with me, boys, because we're all in the same room. And we can all look at each other's mouths and say it. Progression, you bastard. Excellent. Wow. So first of all, boys, uh, magic. Just how magical... What's this episode?
1: I would say that when the wind was blowing to the west, it was a five, and when the wind was blowing to the east, it was a one. <laughs> I, okay. I concur okay. with Graham's statement. Therefore, on average, two. Yes, two. Well, 2.5 rounded up is three,
0: so I'd okay. say three. Okay. Yeah, three, I'd say, yeah. Magical in the sense of there was, well, there was famously not much magic going around because she couldn't do it. Yeah. And, um,. That's what I was on about. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, two is two. Two is excuse
1: me. Yeah, two is probably more accurate because, like you say, not much magic was carried out because
0: not much magic. Yeah, magic could be carried out
1: um, on penalty
0: of mouse. Yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, So two for magic. What about wit? How funny was this was this episode? And again, as as we pointed out a couple of episodes back, this does include obviously. Um, comedic performances. Yes,
1: yeah, so yeah. comedic performances were terrific. Especially as I say, from from Tim and Caroline and Beth. Um, yeah, great guest star, a very good script, great performances all round. To be honest, because I and, and the tent and oh, and the tent. I I feel like because this episode, this season, sorry, season four has been short on belly laughs. No, that's not to say I've not enjoyed it, but. I feel like I did laugh a lot more in mm-hmm. previous seasons. I laughed a lot during this episode. It reminded me what wonderful comic performers there are on this show and how they do frequently show very good... Um, you do frequently, make, do frequently make very good choices of guest stars as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just had those season one and two vibes of like, yeah, the people involved in this really know comedy. And for that reason, because it filled me
0: with those feelings... Of nostalgia, didn't it? Yeah,
1: in a manner of speaking, yes. I want to give it a five for that reason.
0: And I want to give it a five as well. Chris...
1: I was going to give it a four, but yeah. Chris, your
0: opinion is irrelevant, <laughs> because
1: you've been outruled by the majority. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly, so. so... Yeah, all right, let's no. go with a
2: five. Yeah, throw a caution to the wind. Let's fucking, yeah, eat yellow snow. He
0: threw fucking magic to the wind in the last one, so... Yeah. Um, I,
2: I'm fucking,
0: I was right, thank you. So, five for wit. What about a creativity? I think, in the sense, and the practical effects is yeah. very creative.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, if that comes to creativity, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think in terms of the concepts explored in the episode, they were very basic and weren't explored very yeah. well.
0: It was just characters crash, lost, get rescued. Obviously not original, but uh, first time we've seen a story like that in Sabrina. I yeah, well, exactly. And also, um, yeah, just the
1: use of miniatures and an actual an actual rescue plot, a great amount of peril, which, Chris, I'm sure you will have approved of.
2: I, I would give it a three. I'd give it a three. Oh, thank God you said three, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with three. I'd give
0: it a three. And the reason I say three is because I think the inclusion of Brad's dad was a creative idea. It could have just been again, just a another kinkle or something. But I think finding out another crease in in Brad's Or oh, they could uh, have played it really safe and just Mr.
1: Kraft turn up like, Oh, two of my students are trapped or something yes, like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a very yeah. Yeah. that that could have very easily happened yeah. so yeah. um yeah so yeah so i think introducing brads father well was very creative so yeah i would say 3 uh so finally progression there
2: was leaps and bounds on the whole witch hunter thing but it because it because it wasn't a slow build up about you know in individual episodes considering it all happened in one i'm 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 not willing to give progression for that it was too much uh, if if it had happened over the course of three or four episodes, that gives it more substance. With it happening in one, they almost called her a witch. I wasn't happy with it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah.
1: T- to sum up, there was a lot of progression in this episode, but I hated all of it. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so I don't really know what mark to give it. Yeah. I mean, we now know what it looks like when a witch hunter suspects a witch. Hmm. So there's one point. We now know what the consequences are of being outed by a witch hunter. But they were both very lazy. They were both very poorly articulated. Mm -hmm. And they both should have been touched on earlier, considering what a drastic um, situation it would be for a witch to be found in that situation. It should be kind of their greatest fear. Yeah, and so like we were saying about going way back to Sabrina finding out she's a witch at the beginning of the show, if witches were a real thing and this was what happened to you if you got outed, that would be what was impressed upon you straight away. Yeah. So there was progress, but it didn't feel canonical.
0: It didn't feel in keeping with what's been established so far. Yeah, it didn't feel like being caught by a witch hunter as a witch was yeah. that was something you really need to be that bothered about.
1: I mean, is Mr Craft a witch hunter? We've not heard that he is, but he's been suspicious of it before. Mm. And to be honest, Brad's suspicion is only the same level as what we've gotten from Craft. Yeah, it just it just was kind of anticlimactic. Brad is no Matthew Hopkins, put it
0: that way. No. I I so yeah, I think
1: well, I think we've got to give two. it a two because we've got to give it two. Yeah, a lot happens. It's not just not very satisfying. So okay, a okay, yeah.
0: okay. So, numerical wise, in regards to progression, I guess yeah, yeah, does just equivalent two things. Okay, so, so the scores for that one. So we had magic for three, we had wit mm-hmm. for five, mm-hmm. we had creativity for three, three and progression for two. So, so Christopher, what the hell does that give us? uh unlucky for some 13 13 again i think um i think i'll make that my lucky number but 13 i think was the score that we gave it in the last episode maybe as
1: well so maybe so comfortably above average
2: yeah Yeah. so
0: i mean and that's kind of what this season is at the moment just at best comfortably above average Um, Uh, That is also the
2: uh, title of my autobiography. Uh, If anyone wishes to buy it, you can (laughs) find it on Amazon. You can find it on all
0: (laughs) perfectly average bookshops.
2: Yeah, it's also on uh, the uh, comfortably average equivalent to Audible. Excellent, there we go. Which is just
0: barely listenable. (laughs) Acceptable. (laughs) Uh, Well, (laughs) let's let's hope that uh, this uh, next episode is is Audible. Uh, It's episode 11. Boys, it's called Salem and Juliet. Okay. What okay. the hell do you yeah, think okay. it's about?
2: Um, I'm... Wait. Oh, have we've already had an episode like this. We've already had Salem meeting his... Ex. Yeah, ex is, is still
1: human, former girlfriend. Um, so... Do, m- does he maybe meet his true love, his long-lost love, and she's also become a cat? Because whoever Salem's true love is, they probably have to be as evil as him. So maybe they've also been punished Mm. in the same way. And he meets her. And because they are both cats, technically something maybe could happen. And it's Salem. A sign of Salem we've perhaps not seen before.
2: Maybe. And I'm going to go with um, Sabrina is studying Romeo and Juliet in English. And some weird weather reason. Yeah. (laughs) Some weird weather reason. As soon as she starts reading it, um, people in her life uh, become the characters and Salem becomes Romeo.
0: Well, maybe. I mean, all I've got from IMDb is that in Salem and Juliet, Sabrina tries to find Salem a date for his high school reunion. But that's not all. There's also another sentence after that, which says, And Sabrina finds out that Mr. Craft is misappropriating school funds in a scandal. Wow. What? corruption
1: well it's good to know we're going to be seeing him again because it's been a while, it's been a while. It
0: yeah it's it's um yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've seen mr crafts so it would be nice to uh, to see him so yeah so i'm arguably much more excited for that subplot of uh, mr craft being a bit of a schemy bagger bagger meant to, yeah a bit of a carpet bagger I meant to say bastard and then bugger but bagger why not um, bit of a bit eh? a <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so there we go. So join us for episode 11, where we find out which plot of this episode is going to be the most exciting. I think we know which one it's going to be. Um, if you would like to find out what the hell we do, then there's actually no way of finding out unless you visited us personally, because uh, we don't post anything on social media. But if you would like to uh, just let us know that you like listening to the show, then find us on Twitter. We are at Sabrina Watch. And on Facebook, just type in Sabrina the Teenage Watch and there you will find us again. As always, not doing anything. Um, you can also leave us a wonderful uh, five-star review if you would like. Other reviews are welcome, but five stars are really where it's at. Um, just leave us a, re- a review wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can also uh, visit our website uh, to leave a small donation if you would like to. Uh, you can go to that's k o www.coffee.com. Sabrina the Teenage Watch well there we go boys It's uh, it's been a long time coming all being in the same room and I'm tired of poorly editing us acting as if <laughs> we say this at the exact same time but we're going to try and do it together despite Chris's delay even in the same room may every little thing you do be magic